Hi, this is Varun Haran. I'm senior editor with Information Security Media Group. I have the pleasure to speak once more with Sid Deshpande, who's research director with Analyst Firm Gartner. And we will be talking about the threat landscape in the Asian region and how it's stacking up against what they're seeing globally, as well as its take on the current technology innovations that are happening in security and the traction they're finding on the ground in the Asian market. Hi, Sid. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Varun. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure, Sid. Well, this is a question I put to you every year when we speak, is uh, how does uh, what you're seeing this year stack up against last year? What are some of the prominent trends that jumped out at you? Well, I think first let's talk about uh, awareness of security at a board level. Uh, if you look at Asia-Pacific, I think we are at the stage right now where the awareness is there now, which has been created. But what is missing is the business understanding of the fact that business units need to also play a more active role in security and risk management and security professionals needing to play a more active role in the business decisions uh, beyond just the business, uh, you know, signing off increased security budget. So on one hand, when awareness increases, the business uh, allows the security team to spend more money on security. But in Asia right now, in many organizations, the conversation stops there. And it's a security team's job to start implementing controls and policies. But that's not ideal because the security team cannot own the risk. It has to be owned by the business. They have to not just own it and sign off on it, but they have to be active participants in the decision making. And they have to value the contribution of the security team. So in more mature markets, we find that that business acceptance of risk is is much further along. While in Asia, I think we're still on that journey. But the good thing is that um, a lot of organizations in Asia Pacific are now able to learn from their peers in more mature markets because the security community is a relatively smaller close-knit community and uh, a lot of the same principles apply no matter where you are in the world. So the community is learning much quicker now and thanks to the digital platform and conferences, information sharing is allowing peers to improve the security maturity. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So I think uh, what you would say is something we're seeing on the ground as well as that you know, the acceleration or at least the awareness here is going much faster than it is in other geographies because they have something to see and learn from. But also with that rising awareness is the trend of enterprises going outside their fold, you know, uh, to get some of these external services for security. What is really driving that in your mind and where is that going? Well, a couple of things. One is the skill shortage. I think it all stems from skill shortages and also the need to have security detection and response be done 24 by 7. Now, if you need something to be done 24 by 7, then for every seat that you need to put in a sock, for example, for every chair in a sock, you need four headcount or five maybe, eight into three plus one or two for redundancy. So that quickly, if you do the math, it becomes very untenable for organizations to have 30 or 40 member security team, even if skills are available from a cost perspective. So I think organizations uh, are reaching out to security services providers uh, to perform certain security functions. But one of the things that I find in lesser mature economies for security or lesser mature countries compared to say North America is that some organizations, especially old economy companies, they seem to harbor the notion of being able to outsource security, quote unquote, which means they expect a security services provider to be able to take on the entire security capabilities that they need. But that's not really a tenable proposition because yes, you can outsource specific security functions but you do need to retain some functions in-house. So the rule of thumb that we use at Gartner is things like incident response that require uh, business decisions to be made on behalf of the organization, uh, you know, because 
incident response is not just a specific uh, technology capability. It's a process that uh, touches different levels of the organization like PR, CEO, legal, CFO, sure. as well as security. Sure. So that process has to be in-house. You can leverage service providers for specific parts of the process, but the ownership has to be in-house. Then again, things like data security and identity and access management. These are typically harder to outsource because they require a lot of business context uh, about the organization and they uh, require accountability on behalf of the people that are making decisions. So there are certain things that organizations would look to outsource, things that are potentially either commoditized like firewall management. I mean, after all, uh, most people do not find the prospect of staying up till 4 a.m. to make a firewall rule change very appealing. But if you have a service provider that has a follow the sun model, they can do that for you off hours. So some of the routine activities can be offloaded and that frees up bandwidth for more strategic functions to be delivered in-house. Some organizations are also looking at uh, security services providers like MDR providers as being specialists in detection and response and having made investments in analytics and orchestration tools that the organizations probably would not be able to do uh, in-house very, very in a very cost-effective manner. So they see those providers as being specialists as well. Some organizations are thinking of them as being, uh, being you know, providers that can not just take on the commodity, commodity activities, routine activities, but also some of the higher end tasks. Specialized. So specialized tasks. So I think it's happening in different shapes, ways, shapes and forms. Uh, but at a foundational level, I think for most organizations today, engaging security services providers in small or large measure is actually indispensable as a part of the security program. Right. So what about this whole move towards automation internally as well as across the industry? Where do you stand on all these new technology innovations coming in? Like AI and ML, of course, automation like I mentioned, orchestration. Is there traction on the ground? Is it really finding uh, takers in this market? Yeah, you know, we like to look at machine learning as a feature and uh, most security products today are using, you know, some form of analytics or machine learning and it's serving as a useful tool in certain areas like uh, malware classification, like threat detection, like security orchestration where typically, um, you know, there are repeatable processes that happen in a SOC, right? Especially the lower level activities uh, to respond to detect an incident, to respond to an incident. All of those happen, um, they may not be the same in every situation but they follow some sort of a pattern so being able to use automation in those areas is leading to efficiencies of uh, you know being able to free up resources to uh, deliver capabilities in a more profitable manner if you're a service provider and so on so we do think that there is value in in machine learning in specific areas but there is also a lot of hype and a lot of vendors are quote-unquote AI washing their products and services and that's actually doing a disservice to customers because uh, when security vendors position AI as the be-all and end-all and uh, of, of the capability and they, as when they position it as the uh, as the answer to everything that's when customers start getting confused and are unable to filter out the hype from the reality so I think that also needs to change in the industry from an AI perspective we advise customers that whenever they have a conversation with the vendor about AI they should ask them to demonstrate a few things first how does that so-called AI capability how does it compare against traditional approaches is there a measurable benefit of using this particular approach over maybe another method or is it really required and also is it possible for the vendor to showcase that capability with real world production level data sets because often the use cases that are developed around AI as such um, they might be very good on a training data set but every organization's production environment is different and they have a lot of diverse types of uh, actions happening there so 
if the vendor's algorithms are not able to function at a similar level in that environment, then that can lead to customer dissatisfaction. So uh, machine learning is definitely delivering value in the security industry today as a feature of products and technologies. So what do you see in Asia in terms of maturity and investment in the security domain? Uh, how does that compare to what you see what Qatar is saying globally? Well, organizations, like I said uh, earlier in the in conversation, right, organizations are spending more money on security. You see a lot more greenfield or new projects happening, like a lot of first-time adopters, uh, a lot of first-time initiatives around security operations, managed security services, more so than slightly more um, mature regions. And of course, Asia is a very big region. So every country within Asia has has different uh, different types of conversations that we are having with, with customers. Uh, but generally, the big trend that I see there's a lot of uh, net new projects happening sure. whereas if you would use North America as a proxy for a mature market or the US as a proxy for a mature market there many organizations are in the first or second cycle of a particular type of security projects like let's sure. say security operations and now they're iterating and refining their capabilities there um, whereas in Asia we find a greater proportion of organizations are doing it for the first time so they're, they're also finding their feet as they go along which is why I think security service providers um, are becoming more critical to organizations also, um, I think one area where um, where the where the Asia market is not actually uh, keeping up with the more mature markets is security as a service. Okay. Now, in some areas like email security and secure web gateway, yes, but in a lot of other areas, um, because these security as a service providers, um, and I mean security software delivered as SaaS, because these providers do not have local delivery capabilities uh, in the region in, in in a particular country because they don't have that. Uh, because of that, customers sometimes feel hesitant towards using a security or service capability delivered out of global North American European data center. So as these security vendors start localizing capabilities a lot more, then we will find that customers will also start adopting those capabilities. Uh, and those security or service capabilities can actually deliver a lot of value, business value and efficiency for uh, resource-constrained security teams. So I expect that to also improve over the next couple of years. I think we are at the end of our time. Um, thanks so much uh, for your insight. Thank you, Warren, for having me. So that was Sid Deshpande, who's Research Director with Gartner for ISMG. This is Warren Allen. Thanks for listening.